0: Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your faithfulness and your help. We thank you because you care and you're with us. We thank you, Jesus, because we can declare that we need you and you are not overwhelmed. You're not cut off guard. You are not shaking your fist at us, but you are so glad that we approached you to declare our need of you, our belief in you, that we are following you. And Jesus, for our hearts that are heavy, for the things that confuse us, may we release them, may we trust you, may we understand that you have a plan and we can believe in miracles and we can focus on you, we can go after you. For the specific requests represented by this congregation that are in our community, may we be the givers of life that reflect you, that show you, that serve others. God, may you be lifted up, may you be seen. Jesus, may we continue to say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We love you, Father. We say thank you. And it's in your name we continue to worship. Amen.
1: What gift of grace Is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more For heaven now to give, He is my joy, my righteousness, my freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold; my hope is good. Oh, uh-huh. Christ. Breath, I long to follow Jesus. For He has said that He will bring. Not I, but through Christ. When the race, when the race, still my lips, shall repeat, yet not I, but through Christ. Story. It's not us, but it's you. Not our strength. mm mm-hmm. This This is my song, praising my Savior.
0: You guys can clap. You guys can clap. We don't just clap for Zach, but for the opportunity Zach had to lead us into worship. We clap because God is faithful. God is able because we do have a blessed assurance being saved, being a follower of Jesus. We can Clap because we're thankful for God's goodness to us, uh, Liesel. Because I forgot the slide, could you just come up and make a quick announcement? There's a women's meeting, and could you just share the date and the time of that women's meeting? Or
1: please. Hello. Yes, we're going to meet this coming up Friday, the 26th, at my house for uh, campfire, 6:30. Bring, um, bring a story. A snack if you'd like, and a, an extra seat. We have we do have some benches if people can sit on benches. But it's going to be at my house on Friday. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you again. That's the women's ministry uh, for this Friday at six thirty, uh, having a campfire and a great time together, so we encourage you to be a part of that. We do thank you for your continued giving and tithes and offerings, and as we're streaming now, we thank you for those that give online. Uh, I just finished the statistical report, and it's been interesting how last year, uh, May 2022 through April 2023, the average attendance is 47 people. 47 people. Before COVID, we were at 82 people, so you can see kind of the variance. but what I was impressed with overwhelmed by we had the uh, financial data come in and what came in through ties and offering special offerings was over 150,000 by you by us by those giving to God that God might use us to give and As I mentioned before, over 30 families within our local community were uh, helped by those resources. And we weren't able just to take in for us or for whatever, but we could give. And thank you so much for your obedience and giving tithes and offerings so that we can be the church that reaches out and gives to others. And just wanted to share those uh, statistics with you. If you've been here for a while, I don't share a lot of numbers primarily because it takes effort to record those. But uh, as I do once a year for the district, I just thought I'd share those with you today. And as we look at this uh, week's sermon, I was reminded of a sermon I preached a while back about the difference between stress and pressure. Stress and pressure. Stress usually leads to something bad. This is a stress fracture. This is Jay. Are you impressed? This is a uh, stress fracture of the tibia. Some of us, you know, that a stress fracture of the tibia. But because Jay's here and she's doing something with the medical field and she uses terms instead of saying leg, I have to say tibia. But this is uh, something with the heel. So I wanted to get this right. So it's what is it a calcane like like nick calcane anyway uh so this is a calcaneal stress fracture so stress is bad because well this is a structural or hairline uh fracture within a building and this is what can happen to a building so stress is bad stress is bad most of us understand that pressure or tension I want to bring in the term tension. Pressure or tension can be good, uncomfortable, but good. Pressure is what turns coal into a diamond. So embrace it. Coal into a diamond because of pressure. Some of us might be so familiar with that. We're like, yes, Jeff, I've heard this before. Well, I was listening to a sermon, and this is where I get all my ideas or most of my ideas, not from my own head because I have no uh, original thought has ever come through this mind. It's usually something I've listened to, watched, or something else. But you think of a submarine. What is a submarine designed to do, created to do? It's designed, created not to hover along the top, not so people can uh, fish off of it, not so you can just raise a periscope because you're above the water. A submarine is designed, created to go underwater, deep under the water, but there's something about a submarine. The pressure that comes down from the water does not crush the submarine because it has an internal pressure, or I'm not a uh, nautical guy, so I'm just going to stick to the slide. There's a pressure hull. and the pressure hull, make sure that the pressure coming down it doesn't crush it, but the pressure inside just keeps it Afloat. For you guys that uh, are more into this stuff, more into the designs, I did tour the USS Midway, so I don't know if that means anything. But that's a ship in San Diego that was used in some battle, not the Battle of the Midway, because that would mean it was really old and it's not that old. But we walked around and, well, there's a pressure hull, so the submarine is designed to go far underwater and the pressure outside does not crush it. The pressure outside does not crush it because of the pressure hull. We'll get back to this in a little bit. But the purpose of a submarine was created, was designed to withstand the pressure from the outside because it had the internal pressure, the internal design to withstand. And for those that grew up in church, you're like, oh, obviously, this means like God created us to withstand certain pressures, and yes. Uh, it was also thought of tension. What is tension? Well, this is a tension bridge. And we walked across this little bridge uh, last night, and I said, hey, is this a tension bridge, a suspension bridge? They said, no. It's like, well, I'm going to say that we walked across a tension bridge. And they said, well, that's kind of lying, so you probably don't say that. But if we did, it would be like this. There's tension Uh Sideways tension and vertical tension, but without that tension, the bridge would not stand up. This tension bridge or suspension bridge has cables under tension. It has anchorages under tension. It has towers under compression. And then you can see the deck there. So for something to, uh, withstand, some things are designed to with, to be, Uh, to have tension a part of it, to withstand that pressure, not the stress, but the pressure, the tension. And we as people were designed by a creator to withstand, endure, but lead through tension and pressure. Acts 12.12. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary. This is Peter after he was rescued from jail, the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. Many were gathered for prayer. About that time, this is what we remember from what's taking place here, why Peter was in prison, King Herod began to persecute some of the believers in the church. He had the apostle Jane. James, John's brother, not Jesus' brother, different. John's brother killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he took also Peter. When they imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers, each uh, Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial. That public trial was not to say, hey, what's the trial he's going to get off? What are the facts? It's no, he's going to be killed. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly For him. So in verse five and verse 12, we see the church prayed very earnestly for Peter and many were gathered for prayer for Peter's miracle. But this is what's very interesting to me. This is a scripture that I've preached uh, a number of times. This is a story that just always hits me and makes me wonder and ponder my own Christian life. We do the right things, the correct things, and sometimes we're just going through the motions. So are we doing the correct things because we really believe that prayer is going to create a miracle? Prayer is going to unleash the Spirit of God in a special way? Or do we just, yeah, go through the motions? Make sure you say your prayers before bed. You know, give them money in the offering. Show up on Sundays. Just go through the motions. Or are we doing the right things because we believe in a God of miracles? This is Peter who was set free. And if you look back at Acts chapter 12, you can read this story for yourself. He knocked at the door. Uh, in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. So Peter was set free. What they had prayed for had happened. He was miraculously released. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. This makes me uh, chuckle a little bit because a servant girl, girl, I just think younger, she was so excited that she forgot to open the door. She just went and told everybody. So let's look at verse, uh, well, I want to look at verse 13 once more. He knocked at the door, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. Rhoda came to open it. Rhoda, why your name so important? Because Rhoda was in the home of Mary. Why is it important that we know the home of Mary, mother of John Mark? Because as we said, as we shared, as we alluded to last week for Mother's Day, the home of Mary had significance because Jesus was always about raising up women as equals, as promoting slaves, as not being slaves any longer, but being free. Jesus had this way of saying what we think social justice, what we think is inconsistent, is very consistent with the scripture that Jesus is saying, this is Mary, yes, the mother of John Mark, but you need to know her name. This is a servant girl, but you need to know her name. Her name is Rhoda. It's very important that we Look at people as equals created in his sight, the imago day, the image of God. What's also interesting to me is Rhoda recognized Peter's. Rhoda recognized Peter's. So they were praying for Peter. Rhoda, a servant girl, hears a knock on the door and she hears the voice of peter and she gets so excited knowing it's peter just by hearing his voice that she opens the door without seeing him and there's so many correlations so uh, to knowing god's voice But we want to see, like, God, if you could just, uh, we put out a fleece. If it could be dry on one side and wet on the other. And then we flip it. It's like, well, you did that once. That was great. But I want another fleece. I want you to prove to me that I I can trust your voice, but I want to see it. This servant girl, Rhoda. Believe She knew because it was Peter's voice about seeing him. And so she told everyone without seeing she knew. So she told without seeing sometimes like we want to look at doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas. I stole this from somebody else because I believe it. And I think it's true. Doubting Thomas was not oh, bad. Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas was like realistic person. Thomas. Well, that's great. And I want to believe it. But I want to see it first. So we say, oh, doubting Thomas, you need to believe. But how many times in our own lives do we not believe this? Girl, Rhoda, she did not see. She knew Peter's voice. So she recognized the voice. Why am I belaboring this point? Because sometimes we know God's voice, but we ask him to do something more because I don't want to live by faith. I want to live by sight. And he's like, no, you have to live by faith. And by faith, good works will be a result. So the stress, the pressure, the tension, I have a confession. Jay and Bethany no, and my nephew buddy no, because they were at their house and uh, I was trying to watch the basketball game because basketball you know it's good it's Saturday it's fine but then I was trying to do some other work and then there was some other music and sounds and it was like overstimulation there was so much going on and I was getting a little distracted and frustrated and flustered and kind of confused and I didn't know and I'm like oh Beth can you and then Beth tried she's like okay I'm sorry can I help I was like yes but you have to do it this way yeah, it's like I was. It wasn't really stressed, but there was a little bit of tension. There was some anxiousness in the air, and I was like, "Oh, why am I just so upset?" And sometimes, as Christians, we're like, "I'm doing the right thing. I'm praying. Like, why is there still this frustration? Why is there still this tension? This pressure is just building." And God, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to pray, but Peter's no. He's not Rhoda. You're just a little girl. What are you talking about? So we've heard, like, when you squeeze a sponge, what's in it comes out. I tried to find a dirty sponge picture, but they didn't have one. So I was like, we have to clean our house and take a picture of the sponge. Not that – because I clean the house anyway – Damon West, he has this whole story about being a coffee bean. And I've shared it before that he was in prison and there was an older gentleman in prison that said you could be like a uh, carrot that gets put in boiling water. Then that carrot gets mushy and soft and of no use. You could be like an egg that gets put in boiling water and it gets hard and it's just like hardened outside to anything that comes on it. Or you could be like a coffee bean. And when the hot water comes, you actually change the environment around you you. So we should be like coffee beans instead of like an egg or a carrot. Because when stress comes, when pressure happens, when there's tension, how are we responding? Are people saying, whoa, like that does look like you really love Jesus. Like Jesus has done something and you Are like, yeah, you kind of look like everybody else under pressure. You're out of your mind. This is what they told Rhoda when she insisted. They decided he must be, it must be his angel. They told this little girl who said, Hey, Peter's at the door. What you were praying for? God answered it. He's here. I don't know how, but he's here. He's outside. And they're like, You are crazy. We're praying. Of course, he's not here. We're here Pray." How ridiculous does that sound? But she insisted. And it must be his angel. They did not say, oh, it must be him. They said it must be his angel because they knew the trial that King Herod had planned was not for his release, but the plan was for his death. So they thought his angel had come to them, not him. Just as the body is dead without breath, so... Also, faith is dead without good works. This is what God is telling us, that we live by faith and good works come. You don't do good works and then, hey, after I do good works and I'm going to have more faith. No, I have faith in Jesus. That's why I live and follow him a certain way. This praying a miracle for Peter, they said it must be his angel. These are... The Christians, this is the church, these are those that are doing the right thing or going through the right motions, and they're praying, but they're doubting. Well, that's not Peter, it's his angel, because you know what was going to happen to Peter. It's this defeatist mindset. This is the mindset where you give up before you've even started. It's like a runner, says vocabulary.com, who is so convinced he's going to lose the race that he doesn't even bother to go to the starting line. The opposite of an optimist is a defeatist. This is like those that would say, well, we could pray for God's will in our community and revival to happen, but you know wide is the road that leads to destruction narrow is the gate we're the frozen chosen, we're the few, we're the ones that God cares about we're the only ones standing for truth it's only going to be us, instead of being that defeatist mindset, we could remember that God's will is that none should perish, that he desires his son Jesus die that everyone might know salvation, so instead of saying, well, you know, we're in such a liberal state, we're so far in the northeast, like nothing good could ever happen we say, who is Jesus, does he care in a way that we don't just pray, okay, God, do something. But we pray and like God, you can do anything because you are the Savior. Of the world. This is what cracked me up. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. This guy he escaped from prison. He knows they're looking for him. He knows what they want to do to him. And this little girl said, Hey, it's Peter. He probably can lean to the door and he knows, like they're talking about him, banging on the door, maybe hiding under the shrubs and jumping out, making sure nobody's following him. And he's banging on the door. He's like, Let me in. I want to show you that God has done a miracle. When they finally opened the door, they saw him, and they were amazed. Amazed. This is a New Living Translation. Uh, let me skip down. In the Passion Translation, they were shocked. In the NIV, they were astonished. They were amazed. They were shocked. They were astonished. This all implies, this reveals their unbelief that their prayers could be answered. So now I go back here up at uh the resort where I work. They have this fire pit, outdoor fire pit. It's very nice. But this fire pit is made out of stones, rocks. It's a great fire pit. I want a fire pit like this. I really think this fire pit is needed and would up the resale value at the part. No? Okay. So this is a fire pit at... The resort where I work, and they have cladding. Cladding is from emotionally healthy church that we went through, and this is where I first understood or learned about this term. It's a covering or coating on a structure or material. So you could have, you could have this fire pit, you could have this fire pit, but instead they have a concrete structure with this thin insulation, so they could appear, uh, adhere cladding to. Cladding is like, um, you can have wallpaper that looks like brick, and then as you get close, you're like, that's just wallpaper. You could have like uh, a wall or a fire pit that looks, hey, that's made of stone, and then you see the pieces of the small pieces of rock that are adhered to the concrete. Well, that's not just rock, that's just like this small piece of cladding. Sometimes in our Christian life, sometimes our own uh, inability to say, well, to make a stone structure, you need to demolish the concrete. Can't we just put a better facing on it? Can't we just make it look good? And God saying, no, you are a new creation. I want to build you from the ground up, give you the great foundation, the whole strength of knowing the truth. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking when they finally opened the door and saw him. They were amazed, and perhaps they were reminded that their prayer that they had been praying was simply cladding for the faith they professed perhaps they were reminded that the faith, that the prayers they were praying was just cladding for the faith that God wanted to say, hey, I want you to really pray and believe. I don't want you just to gather together. So we're praying, but we're sad because Peter's going to die. We're praying, we're hopeful, but you know, reality is this, and it's not going to turn out very good. They want God wants us to pray and believe that he's a God of miracles. So it's not just cladding, putting on a pretty face, looking like we're doing the right things, not going through the proper uh, motions. But God wants us to say that we, from the depth, the pressure all around us, the God in us is able to withstand that pressure. That when people start to chip away at what they think is cladding, They find the sure foundation, the true security, the reality that it's not just us, not just us trying, but it's the fact that we've already surrendered. And now they find God because we are hidden with Jesus in him. Hidden with Jesus in him. So we stop trying to put on a good face so people see us. But they realize once you start to chip away, you find God who loves us. And cares about us, so they were amazed. They were shocked and astonished, and perhaps even amazed and shocked and astonished at their own unbelief, because God is a God of miracles. This song I should have asked uh, Zach to sing, but Zach said, "Hey, uh, what what's the theme?" I'm like Jesus. <laughs> Any songs? I uh, just sing about Jesus, and then as I finished up the slides, early. This morning, I was like, oh, this actually fits. Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. That's from the song, It Is Well With My Soul, written by Horatio Spofford, who had his wife and daughters. Well, his daughters died in a um, boat shipwreck, and his wife survived. And as he was going... To be with his wife, the captain said, This is approximately where your daughters drown. And he penned, It is well with my soul. So we can say, It is well with my soul, but also have, Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. So you might say, Well, I need to put up cladding. I need to put on a proper face because this pressure is overwhelming. This stress is causing fractures. We could say, Jesus, greater is you, greater are you that is in me than that's in the world. So let's not live life with a stress fracture. Let's not live life with any more cladding. Let's be like that little girl who recognized Peter's voice. And she told everyone, even without seeing. When she recognized Peter's voice, Rhoda was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone. So some have prayed, God, we want you to return now. Our world is in such a mess. My life is in such a crisis. I want you to return now. Perhaps God would be sharing to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the truth of his word, that even though we want to see God return, he wants us to tell everyone before his return that he is love, he is savior, he's the one that we need to embrace, because he is good. So you can say, God, Lord, haste a day. But before you return, let me live by faith without seeing that others might know your salvation. Prayers were answered. They were not just stated. Sometimes when we pray, we feel like, hey, I'm praying Believe that God will answer your prayer. We're praying, Peter, he needs a miracle. But really, I'm really sad because Peter did this in my life. Peter was here for me. Peter, did. We need to pray believing in who he is. So watch your step. Because this might require something of us when you pray and invite others to intercede with you. Believe he is still God, able to answer that prayer with a tremendous miracle. So when you ask somebody, hey, I have a prayer request. Can you pray with me? Yeah, it's really bad. You don't know what's going to happen. This is terrible. How about we just say, hey, pray with me for this request. Details, God knows the details. Just pray with me for this request that God would do something that only God can do and that is miraculous. So we're just going to conclude with this song. We aren't going to sing it necessarily, but um, we're going to hopefully make this prayer our anthem this week. Jesus, let us sing with integrity that you are life, and we choose to follow you. It is well.